We're in a series called Mind Games, and I'm going to just step out of that for a moment because I want to speak something uh, for our Mother's Day today. And uh, let me just say, guys go, well, it's Mother's Day, so what about this message is for me? Everything. Because how many knows parenting's a two-way street? And anything we preach to the moms goes for the dads. And on Father's Day, anything we preach to the dads pretty much goes to the moms, all right? And God didn't divide the two up that much when it came to parenting and all of that in Scripture. But I want to focus specifically on our moms today. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 2 if you have your Bible. And uh, I'm going to read our text. It's not going to be on the screen because it's a lot. And I didn't want to overdo the screen this morning. But, you know, there's something about a mother. And today I want to talk to you about mom. She's all that and more. How many of those moms are all that and more? If you don't believe that, watch that video again. Wasn't that cool? Amen. They can do everything. And uh, multitaskers to the T. But um, moms, all that and more. And you see there's something about moms. No one in society has more potential and a positive influence on a child than a mother does. I mean, that mom, she, she starts developing and building a bond with her child before it ever comes into the world. While it's in the womb, there's a bond being built with that child. And a mother has the opportunity to plant seeds of faith and in a child that God can use to lead that child into divine purpose and destiny in their life. One of life's greatest blessings is the honor of having a godly mother. Abraham Lincoln, he put it like this, no man is poor who has ever had a godly mother. No man is poor who was raised by a godly mother. And I want to talk to you about a mom. I want to take you through the story today of the, the mother of a man who would become the deliverer of the nation of Israel. And her name's called Jochebed, Moses' mother. She was all that and more. And we're going to look at the story, and it's found in Exodus chapter 2. And to set the stage for the story, we've got to understand that the, the Israelites have been held captive by the Egyptians, made slaves for 430 years. And so for 430 years, they have been enslaved. They have been abused. They've got taskmasters over them. Life has been made hard. And all of a sudden, this one woman is born in the midst of this calamity, crisis, slavery, abuse. Jochebed was born, and here's her story. And a man in the house of Levi went and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived, this is Jochebed, and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months because Pharaoh, the, the political ruler of that day, had made a decree that all the firstborn males were to be put to death of the Israelite children. He, they were concerned about their growth and their population so he said, all firstborn males are now to be thrown into the Nile River and be killed by the crocodiles. And so what Jochebed did is she refused to obey the king's command, and she hid Moses for three months until he became too large to hide. All right? Stay with me. And so she could no longer hide him. She took an ark of bulrushes for him, dubbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister, Miriam, stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. 
So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. I want to talk to you today about some characteristics about this mother named Jochebed and characteristics that God desires to see in every mother and father, but we're going to talk specifically to our moms and use this amazing story of this powerful woman called Jochebed today. First of all, I want to look at her identity. Before she could accomplish anything in her life and fulfill her divine purpose and destiny in God, she had to know who she is. And can I say to you today as moms that the first thing God wants to do in your world and in your life today, he wants you to know who you are. And so on your notes, they're having some trouble tech-wise, but I want you to just put the word in, her identity. Her identity, the first thing that God wants you to know is your identity. Who are you? Who are you? Who's defining your identity? What's defining your identity? What's determining who you are and where you can go in life and what value you have? And Jochebed, her own name means Jehovah is her glory. She was an Israelite, one of God's chosen people. She was from the tribe of Levi, which came the priest and those that would carry out the duties of the tabernacle and then later on of the temple. She was a godly woman who stood steadfast in her faith. Her relationship with God was very genuine and very strong. Nothing, and I want to say this today, nothing will have more profound and lasting influence on the lives of our children than having genuine and consistent godly examples in our home through our parents. That Jochebed was that to Moses. She was consistent. She was strong in her faith. And today we're screaming about the government and our children. We're screaming about the school system and our children. But no one, and believe me, there's changes that need to be made, but no one has the influence over our children than a mother and a father does in that home. And, and don't get upset when an atheist school teacher's not praying when your child, when you as a Christian parent didn't pray for them before they went to school. And, and we've got to come and realize that she knew who she was. She was a very godly woman. She was a strong woman of faith. She believed in her relationship with God. So, so what does a godly mother look like? Scripture tells us that she's one who prays for and with her children. She prays for her children, but they hear her pray for them. They hear her voice. I remember night after night. My mom praying over me as a child and my father. We never went to bed without them praying for us. We never left our house without them praying over us before we left. They not only prayed for us, they prayed with us. And 100% of my parents' children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren are serving the Lord today. Come on, that's something to go yay over, amen? It works. Number two, she is one who studies God's word and then teaches it to her children. 
Can I say this? We are a support group as a pastor to your children. Our youth pastors and leaders and children's workers are a support group to help you with your children. But mama and daddy, you're the number one teacher of your children. And we learn we're always a student and we're always a teacher. Learning the word of God but then teaching it to our children that that word grows into their heart that they'll never walk away from God. Do you know that 88% of evangelical teens today, when they turn 18 and they leave home, 88% are leaving the faith? They're leaving Christianity? Because they heard it from a preacher, but they didn't see it from a parent. I didn't expect a lot of amens there, but it's just the facts. I'm just telling you the facts, all right? What does that mean? We've got to fix something. You've got to repair something that's broken. And a Christian mama, she teaches her children the word. Number three, she sets the example by a life that she lives. She lives it in front of her children. She's not taking them to church on Sunday and then living the world on Friday and Saturday. She lives it in front of her children. Number four, she's one who has a compassionate heart. She has a heart of deep compassion and her children see it and feel it. And then last of all, she's one who stands firm in her faith. She's steadfast. She's unmovable. She's firm in her faith. 2 Timothy 1.5 was put like this. He said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Timothy, it first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, and then it was in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that it's in you also. That there was an identity placed upon this mother and upon this family as godly people, people of great faith. And so the first step in moving into God's purpose and plan for your life as a godly mother is to know who you are in Christ. Know you are. Stop letting past experiences and people define who you are. Start letting Jesus and his word define who you are right now because you'll never fulfill your purpose without knowing who you are in Christ first. Amen? Number two is she had a dilemma. How many's found out that the blessings and favor of God are not exempt from trouble? The rest of you didn't hear what I said, or you know, that's right too. All right. How many's found out being a Christian doesn't exempt you from dilemmas and stuff going on in the world? Amen. And it rings on the just and the unjust. And and Jochebed was no different. She had a dilemma in her life. Jochebed was living and raising her children in a very hostile and evil environment. She was born into slavery. She was born into a system that was oppressive, a system that, that was very degrading, a system that owned her. It told her when to get up, when to go to bed, what to do. It was a system that totally manipulated and, and brought great pain into her life. So she wasn't born into this godly home that got to run to church every Sunday morning and youth go to Wednesday night. She was born in a very hostile and evil environment. She was born into a dilemma. But we see here that the Egyptians, it says here in Exodus, just stay with me, the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and work them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. And that was Jochebed's life growing up. She was a slave. But then all of a sudden she gets married and she has a baby. She has this guy named, first she had a daughter named Miriam and then she has a son named Moses and 
And now, because the Israelites were growing in population so fast, the Egyptian people got nervous, and they said, we've got to start killing their firstborn males to stop their growth. And, and so Pharaoh puts the decree out that the firstborn males are to be put to death. They're to be thrown into the Nile River and, and, and die. And, and now she's got a dilemma as a mother. She grew up in a dilemma as a child, but now she's got a new dilemma as a mom. What do I do? I have a son now, and the world wants to kill him. They tell me that they're going to kill him. And Jochebed, she could have whined and complained about the difficulty of life's circumstances, but she did not. She would not allow herself to surrender to the hopelessness that surrounded her. John 15, 18 through 19 puts it like this. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you, not, you do not belong to the world but I have chosen you out of the world, and that's why the world hates you. Can I tell you this today, Mom? The secular world that we see out there today, it hates you. You know what I hates you? You have the ability to reproduce within that gift that God gave you another generation that's going to bring the blessing and the favor of God upon this society. Those worlds, it's not about you that it hates. It hates that child that you're able to bring into society that can be another Moses, a world changer. That's why one out of 26 babies that are born in the world today are aborted. One out of 26 babies, people born in our world today, wind up aborted. We've got to come and realize today, Mom, you live in a society equal to that of Jochebed. It hates you. It hates everything you stand for as a Christian mother. Never in our history have we seen such hostility and hatred toward Christians in biblical Christianity. The America we know today stands in opposition of everything you believe and that you have a right to and to possess as a Christian mother. Have you figured that out yet? The world wants to take away your right to parent. It wants to take away your right to a Bible. It wants to take away your right to teach your children the way that you want to raise them even in your own house. It wants to take the right now that it declares to kill your child in your womb before it ever enters the world. It has the right now in our public school systems for your child to have an abortion without your knowledge or approval. It's happening right now. The core value education system in our country today it comes with a, a lesson of sex education with pornography and explicit cartoons to teach your children sex acts from kindergarten to 12th grade. Not only that, so that you can't opt out your child from a school class, they're putting sex education in the core value system. It's now being taught in math and in English and in history and in every subject is being brought in through these cartoons and explicit teaching to teach your child sexual behavior outside the word of God. They're mingling it with every class so that you can't opt your children out. That's a dilemma, my friend, that every mother and father in this society is living in that believes the word of God is the true word of God. Lawmakers passing laws, not to just allow, but to, to promote the murder of our babies. They call lawmakers, God calls them murderers. And the blood of every child that's killed will be on their hands. You cannot promote the killing of the unborn and be called the friend of God. Can't happen. They don't mix. And we've got to come and realize what's happening in our society today. What is it? It's a dilemma. It's a dilemma. A dilemma. Guns going to our schools. 
crime filling our streets, a dilemma. Every time you watch that child walk out of your house, every time you watch them get on the school bus, every time you drop them off and watch them walk into a school system, there's that concern that grips you because there's a dilemma that's facing our mothers today. They get married and move away, and the dilemma stays because of the concern and the issues that we face as parents today. But we see that this dilemma did not shake Jochebed. Though she was facing many of the same situations we face as mothers today, she steadfast. She stood true in her position in God. She trusted him. She believed in him. She would not move in her faith from him. She was in a dilemma, but she said this, I'm a believer in Jesus, and that makes me all that and more. Nobody has a right to my children. No force, no power, no authority can penetrate that covering that God's word places over my children today. I'm not, talk, I'm not trying to get political. I'm talking about spiritual. There is a spiritual attack. It's not about personalities. It's about the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world that Ephesians warns us of that's trying to come and create this warfare that wants our children. You've got to come today and realize that there's a dilemma going on. But to every Christian mom in here today, God's going to equip you with a power and a gift that's going to let you overcome the dilemma. Amen. Come on. Can I get a better amen than that? You see, a Christian mama knows that her identity, who she is in Christ, her dilemma doesn't bow down to those that seek to destroy her children. Why? She's a mother. And she's that and more. Amen. You can mess with her, but you mess with her children. Woo! She will come on you like a crocodile in a lion mix. And I pray to God that some Christian mothers rise back up to the surface and look the hell in the eye and look the devil face to face and say, you will not have my children. You will not have my children. You will not have my children. I don't care what law they pass. You cannot have my children. Can't have them. Because she's steadfast in God. Number three, she was a woman of courage. You see, Jochebed, she refused to go with the flow. While all other mothers obeyed the commandments of Pharaoh, and they put their son into the Nile River and watched them eat up and die, this one woman, regardless of the Pharaoh, the political powers to be, she hid her son Moses for several months. She refused to consider her life, her comfort, her convenience, or her safety. She was there for one reason, and that was to protect her child. She refused to bow to the commands that turned her or her children against the God that she served. She was not the servant of a Pharaoh. She was the servant of a king. And she refused to hear and honor the words of the political powers to be who said, you've got to put your son to death. And she said, no, I'm not doing that. And she hid him for three months as long as she could to save his life that she put aside her comfort and even her life she put it aside because if she had been caught she could be sentenced to life in prison or put to death and she set that aside in order to obey the word of God and be a true mother to her son you see we've got to come and realize the decree made by Pharaoh went against the humane and moral principles of her faith are you with me 
the decree that Pharaoh made went against the humane and the moral principles of her faith. And she refused to submit to those. And I want to tell you this today as a pastor, I am not bowing down to the laws of this land that go against the principles of God's word. If you want to put me in jail, lock me up. If you want to take away our tax exempt, take it away and we'll pay them anyway. We have the money to do it because we believe God will provide it. We will not submit to Baal and we will not submit to ungodly people making ungodly laws. We're going to stand true to God's word. We've got godly people in politics. We've got godly people running this country. We've got ungodly people joining them. But mamas, they don't control what goes on in your house. You do. And we've got to stand firm, stand strong like Jochebed. Be a woman. Be a mother of courage. You see, fearing God more than man, Jochebed made a decision that not only spared her son Moses' life, and here's what I want you to get. When Jochebed made that decision, she not only spared her son Moses, she saved a nation. She saved an entire nation because Moses became the deliverer of six million Israelites. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when you stand firm in your house and you don't bow to the world, you don't bow to, to, to laws that goes against the word. I'm not talking about trying to teach you to be rebellious. I'm trying to challenge you to be radical. There's a difference. It's called attitude. Why am I doing what I'm doing? I'm not saying to stand up to be rebellious. I'm saying stand up for the principles of God's word to be radical in a dark society and let's raise up more generational young people that's gonna be a deliverer of a nation because when you stand up for your child, you're not just delivering your child. Your child might be the next Moses. Your child might be the next godly president. Your child might be the next congressman or senator. Your child might be the next Billy Graham. Your child might be that next one that's gonna go out and save thousands of homeless people and hungry people. Your child, you never know, but you're not just saving a child, you'd be saving a generation. And this is why the enemy hates you as a godly mother. He wants to come and get you to submit to the authorities that will take away that opportunity. In Acts chapter 5, 29, it says, we ought to obey God rather than man. And mothers, I challenge you today to stand up for your Christian rights and the rights of your children, regardless of who is in positions of power. Anything that guides your children against the principles of God's word, you should oppose it with vigor. You're not just saving your child, you're saving a nation. Watch this, Isaac. His birth took place in England on a cold Christmas day. He was born premature. He was born very sick. Everyone around him thought he was going to die. His father had just died two months earlier. A war was raging around them, and many said it would have been easier if Isaac's mother, if she had just had an abortion and aborted him. She would not even consider it. Isaac grew up to be a scientific genius. Isaac was the one who discovered the law of gravitation. He revolutionized mathematics by developing calculus. He improved the telescope and became famous for his work in physics, mathematics, and astronomy. If Isaac's mother had not had the courage and if she had aborted her child, the world would have never known the greatest scientist to ever live, Sir Isaac Newton. What if she had listened to society and listened to the crisis that she was in? What about a James Robinson? the great preacher who's traveled the world and brought many millions into the kingdom of God, but he was conceived when his mother was raped. 
He wasn't conceived out of a beautiful marriage relationship. His mother was attacked one night and raped, and, and she conceived in that rape, and, and she was encouraged to go have the baby destroyed, and yet she chose not to and walked it out. And today, that little boy is a preacher that's changing the nation for Jesus. You just don't know. And so I want to challenge you today, mothers. Today, if you're facing a huge dilemma in your life of one kind or another, I want you to just open up that book, give a praise up to heaven, and realize God called you a mom, and you're all that and more, and you can do this when you put your faith and trust in him. Amen? Amen? And then here's the next one. I'm going to wrap it up here. It's her sacrifice, her sacrifice. You see, Jochebed was willing to risk her life as a means to save her son. Jochebed gave Moses everything she could for those first few months. Then she had to give him up. She had to trust the God that she believed in to watch over her son and protect him from the crocodiles, the evil, the calamities that awaited him. And I want to say again, mothers, every time you watch your son, daughter leave your house, step on a school bus, get into their car, or you drop them off at school, they're entering a world of wickedness and evil. Yet if you hold true to the principles and the promises of God's word, he has assigned angels over your children. I said, he's assigned angels over your children. And you can come today and realize that there's a sacrifice. Jochebed had to make a sacrifice. She sacrificed her life. She sacrificed everything to hide her son for those three months. She paid an ultimate price. You will be looked upon as weird, a religious fanatic, a troublemaker when you stand up for the principles of God's word for your child. You will be encouraged and pressured to give in to the system of the world. But Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. and Lean not unto your own understanding and all of your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Tonight, today as we look at moms, it's a sacrifice to be a mom today. But the rewards are amazing. Next, she was a woman of faith, a woman of great faith. Jochebed had faith in God's protection and provision for her and her son. Only because she trusted, and I want you to get this, only because she trusted the Lord could she abandon her son rather than watch him be killed. Only because she trusted in God and his word could she put her little baby in a basket and watch him float off down the Nile and walk away and know that I have put my, hand, my son in the hands of an amazing God. Other words, she would have been better off to have watched him die at the hands of the crocodiles and know what happened to her son and put closure to it than to walk away and not know what's going to happen to her son. But she abandoned the situation because she believed in the God and whom she had put her son in the hands of. Are you with me today? And today, mamas, many of you, your children are out there and some of them aren't serving God today. Some of them aren't going after God today. Some of them are messing up their lives. But I want to tell you, when you hand them over to God, you're abandoning in a sense, but you didn't say, I'm just going to give up and watch them die and put closure. No, tonight you're staying up at night. You're, you're not eating well sometimes. Your nerves are caught into it. Your emotions are involved in it. Why? You've abandoned the situation in a, in a point, but what you've done is you said, God, I don't get it. I can't do much about it but I put my child in your hands today and I'm going to watch you do a miracle in their life. I'm going to watch you float them down a river. I'm going to watch you set the stage for a miracle to happen. And what Jochebed was saying is, God, I do not know why you're allowing this. Any moms ever said that? God, I don't know why you're allowing this. I don't know what you've got planned in this, but I trust you. 
I trust you. Here's my son. Here's my daughter. I trust you with them, God. Isaiah the prophet said, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you'll not stand at all. If you don't stand firm in your faith, you don't stand at all. I remember my mom prayed for me, man. My mom was a praying woman. She prayed for me every night, every day. When I was diagnosed with curvature of the spine, my leg was an inch and quarter shorter than the other one, and I'll never forget as a 15-year-old boy just called to preach and found out I had curvature of the spine. I was going to have to go through a serious lifestyle change and operations and for years, and my mom put that hand on my left leg in a doctor's office with the x-rays and the screen and prayed the most simple prayer but a powerful prayer and said, Father, when you gave me to him, I dedicated him to you, and today I recommit him to you and you got a plan for his life. You have the power and the authority to heal my son's back right now as an example to the world of your power. Or you're going to let him walk through a storm, but you're going to use it for your glory. And before we left, they, my mom said, I want some more x-rays. They said, we don't need any. She said, I do. And they took three more x-rays and stuck them in that machine, and my spine was straight, and my legs were the same length, and I've never been to a, back to a doctor with it again. I want to tell you something. There's something powerful about a mother that puts it on the line. Are you with me, Mom? I'm telling you, your prayers have power in them. I've watched this little lady on the front row up here pray demonic powers off of our children. I mean, pray them off. She's Satan's worst nightmare on that front row. I can tell you. Amen. Satan wakes up and says, don't mess with her. That woman can get wild on you. You know what I'm saying? And, and I've watched our kids go the wrong direction at times. And that woman, man, all night long getting up praying, praying that evil off of our children. And, and then the enemy tried to bring wrong people in their lives to, to connect with and build relationship with. And I've watched her pray people out of our kids' life. I mean, just pray them out. Just, they ain't right. They ain't happening. I have a say-so on who my kids marry, by the way, because I have to spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with them. And, and that ain't happening. Yeah, you don't mix a purebred and a donkey and... Anyway, just whatever. You get where I'm going, right? Come on. Come on. Some of you mamas need to get back on charge, man. Start praying some people out of your kid's life. Start praying some demonic powers off of your children. And that's what Jochebed did. She put him in a basket and put the word of God over him. And the word of God stood true for her. And then last of all was her reward. Her reward. Here's a beautiful end of this story. She watched him drift off and turn, probably with tears pouring down her face to go home, and she abandoned her son to put him in the hands of a God that she knew loved him. But the sister Miriam stayed at a distance as she watched. And she watched that basket float, and it just happened to float to where the daughter of the very Pharaoh, the monarch that had made the decree to put him to death, was bathing. And she looked at this baby, and he was crying, and she had compassion on him, but she couldn't nurse because she was not with child. And she said, he, he's a Hebrew child. And Miriam walks up to the river. And she says, but I need a Hebrew woman. Can you find me a Hebrew woman that will nurse him for me? So Miriam goes home and gets Jochebed, Moses' mother, and brings him to Pharaoh's daughter, but she don't know that's Moses' mother. And she says, will you take this child and will you nurse him for me and I'm going to pay you. Just minutes ago, she's walking away afraid and fearful because I just lost my son. I put him in the hands of God 
And minutes later, she's getting him back with pay. That's called stay-at-home mom right there. You know what I'm talking about? Just, but not only that, she gets to raise him no longer under a death threat. She don't have to hide him. He's blessed by the very king now that's trying to put him to death. But God had this whole thing planned out because in those days, a mother nursed her child for five to six years. Ooh, ah, I know. But they did. And so what God did was he put this young boy back into the hands of a godly mother so she could invest the word and the plan of God in his life because God knew he was going to be the deliverer of an entire nation of people. And so her reward was that God gave her back her son and she invested in him the word of God, the word of God, God's plan for your life. And she was preparing him for what we read in Hebrews. Read it with me now as we get ready to close. Here's what happened to her son. But by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded, dis he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as the greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. What was her reward? God gave her her son back, but he not only gave her her son back, he gave her back with wages, and he allowed her now to impart into him the word of God in those early years that when he became an adult, he never departed from that word that was invested in him. And he used that word to define who he was, and he became the deliverer of an entire nation of people. What a reward to get back as a mom. And can I say to you as mothers today, God's plan has not changed. He's got children under your care today that he wants you to realize that they're world changers. That son or daughter that you think they've got a trophy over there, they just want, and I, I celebrate with you on Facebook and social media when I see your kids. We go to as many ball games a week as we can just to cheer your kids on. We had to be at three fields at one time the other night because everybody's playing on different fields and, and, and we're trying our best, you know, to just let our kids know, man, we're behind you. We're behind you. And as parents, you've got kids and they're out there accomplishing great things. But I'm going to tell you something. They're not just ball players. They're not just track runners. They're not just athletes. They're not just band people. Man, they're world changers. And the enemy knows that. And that's why he wants to overwhelm you. He wants to over, overwhelm you and oppress you and get all the stuff on you so that you get overwhelmed by it and you miss that moment that you sow and implant into your child God's word. And he doesn't want them to find their destiny in him. And I want to challenge you today, moms. Regroup if you need to. Get your hands back on the plow if you need to. You see, today is Mother's Day, and to some, it's not a day of celebration. It's a day of grief or a day of sorrow as we clap and celebrate. So I want to make an acknowledgement, not just to the mothers that are having a good relationship today with your child, but to those mothers who gave birth this year, we want you to know we celebrate with you. Some of you are in here right now. To those mothers who lost a child, we want you to know as a church family, we mourn with you. To the moms here today who are in the trenches with your children every day, we want you to know as a church, we pray and for you and we appreciate you greatly. 
to the moms here who experienced loss through a tragedy, a miscarriage, a failed adoption, or a running away of a child, we want you to know that we weep with you when you weep. To the moms here who walked through the difficult path of infertility or full of pokes and prods and tears and disappointment, we walk with you today. Please forgive us when we say foolish things. We really don't mean to make it more difficult than it already is. To the moms who are foster moms here today, mentors, spiritual moms, boy, we desperately need you. To the moms who have close relationship with your children, we celebrate with you. To the moms who suffer disappointment and heartache and are distant from your children, we sit today with you. We encourage you. To the moms who lost their mother this year, we grieve with you. To the moms who have made a decision to abort your child in the past, we want you to know today we're a church of love and grace. And yeah, we preach to try to prevent it in the future, but we want you to know that regardless if that's happened in your life today, we remember both you and your child today, and we pray for you. To our single moms, we honor and esteem you as you serve two roles, not just one. To those who are step-parents today, we walk with you during the times of complexity and, and difficulty. To the moms who put your child up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness. And remember how to pray for you daily and to hold as you hold that child in your heart. And to the moms who are now pregnant with new life, we anticipate and celebrate with you that world changer that's about to come. Regardless of where you stand in life as a mom today, God's got you in the palm of his hand. And we want you to know that as a Transformation Church, we're here to be a church for you and a family for you to help you find that place in God as that godly mother and help you walk that journey out as God has purpose and destiny for you and for your children in Jesus' name. And I get to stand here, and I've already gone way past my time. And I watch, and I see tears coming down mom's faces right now that I know your story. I know where you come from. And I'm watching God do an amazing transformation of people's lives. And we celebrate with you today in Jesus' name. Can we give all the hand, a hand to all the moms again? God bless you today. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? And if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm, I don't know Jesus today. I'm, I'm not where I belong with him today. And I know that he loves me and I just know that I need to make some right decisions with him today. Pray for me if that's you. Here today, we want you to know that we love you. We care about you. And if you need Jesus in your life today, you need a new beginning, whether you're a mom or not, would you just raise your hand right where you sit? And I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to say a prayer for you today. If you say today, I need a change. I need a change in my life. I need a new direction in my heart today. Pray for me. Is there one that would say that's me today? God bless you. You can put your hand down once you've raised it. Anyone else? That's me today, Pastor. I need a change. I need a change in my life today. In Jesus' name. Will you pray this prayer with me if you raise your hand or you did not? You need Jesus in your life today. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart 
that you raised from the dead, and I receive you in Jesus' name as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Can we give a hand clap to these that have prayed today? And we thank you so very, very much. We rejoice with you today in Jesus' name. The usher's going to come.